our scripture lesson for today, and this is the last Sunday of the Take a Letter series, and so we're going to stay in the message, Eugene Peterson's translation, for one more Sunday, and then we'll go in some different directions next week, which happens to be World Communion Sunday, Worldwide Communion Sunday. So that'll be a great day for us as well. But Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. So just uh, find that passage, if you will, and follow along in whatever translation you choose to read. Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. And that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life-or-death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all. The message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. This is the word of God for the people of God. It is the close of this series, the Take a Letter series that we began back earlier in the summertime. And I hope it's been helpful to you in some ways that maybe something that's been said or done has caused you to think about something in a new way or be encouraged about something that had you down or just opened your eyes maybe to a different way of looking at, at some of the scriptures. Remember that we're talking about letters and tying it in with this whole idea of snail mail. We don't get as much snail mail as we used to, but I want you to remember a few things. I want you to remember to open the envelope, even if the return address is from a correctional institute. Could be a letter from Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Martin Luther King Jr. or the Apostle Paul. They all wrote from prison, so... Don't toss it before you open it and look at it. I know there's a lot of junk mail out there, literally and in the spiritual realm as well. And you need to sort through that. And you need to think about what's being said and, and test it against scripture and tradition and reason and experience and see if it stacks up. Do not mark it return to sender without opening it. And uh, maybe somebody who's can channel Elvis a little more than me, can, can think about that return to sender address unknown, no such number, no such zone, or whatever the, it is. But, but take a look at the mail. Take a look at the scripture in a new way. Today's passage begins with the words, and that about wraps it up. Those are pretty good words to, to end the series with, aren't they? Pretty good words to, to end anything with. That about wraps it up. 
Not that we can tie a ribbon around the book of Ephesians. I believe that God's word, God's written word, is a living thing. And that it speaks to people in different ways in different times. And that we can read it at different times. And it will say something different to us that we didn't hear when we read it a previous time. So how do you tie a ribbon around that? How do you put a bow on something that's alive and, and moving and blessing across the centuries? God is strong, the passage continues. And God wants us to be strong in our faith. Because there's another team on the field. That's how a professor of mine used to say it, talking about the evil one and the forces in this world that are opposed to the things of God and the things of good. There's another team on the field, and we need to remember that. And we need not go into that game in our own strength because this other team plays pretty rough and tough. They ignore the rules. They don't pay much attention to the officials. They are going to do it their way, and folks are going to get hurt. Take all the help we can get. That's what Paul said here. Take all the help you can get. That's usually good advice. Especially God's word and prayer. And I'm thinking back to the temptation story in the Gospels where Jesus was with the evil one alone in the wilderness. You remember right after his baptism? And he stood up to the evil one with prayer and by referring back to the written word of God. Now, of course, the devil was quoting scripture too, so we have to be careful. We have to understand context and what's being said and how scripture is being used because it can be misused and abused. We know that. But scripture properly studied and prayed over in prayer are the weapons that we need to live out this faith. And that's what this letter this week, I believe, is saying to us. But speaking of prayer... And that's where I want to go with most of the rest of this um, message today is to think about prayer together and to read another passage of Scripture, this one from the Old Testament. I won't read the whole story. It's one of those stories that you know so well you probably could recite it on your own. Many of you could. First Samuel chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. We're thinking about prayer now and we're thinking about the importance of listening to God when we pray. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. This was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. One night Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad. He could hardly see. It was well before dawn. The sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God where the chest of God rested. Then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call. Here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli. I heard you call. Here I am. Again, Eli said, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. God called again, Samuel, the third time. Yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. That's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If the voice calls again, say, speak, God, I'm your servant. Ready to listen. Samuel returned to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel's, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak, I'm your servant. Ready to listen. And there's more to the story, and we may talk about some of that, but um, finish it up on your own when you get a moment. 
listening to God, the importance of listening when we pray, just the overall importance of listening to one another. Leah Coca said, I only wish I could find an institute that teaches people how to listen. After all, good managers need to listen every bit as much as they need to talk. Too many people, he said, fail to realize that real communication goes in both directions. There was a little boy. There's a story about a little boy who did not know how to pray. It's one of my favorite stories. It's just simple and easy, and I I tell it from time to time when it seems appropriate. But there was a little boy who did not know how to pray. And so he asked one of his friends, how do you pray? I, I don't think I know how. And his friend said, it's really very easy. You kneel down beside your bed at night and you say, God bless mommy and God bless daddy and God bless all our family and friends. And that's all there is to it. The little boy tried it that night, but somehow it didn't feel right. It didn't seem right. It was like there was still something missing. So the next morning at breakfast, he asked his mother, mom, teach me how to pray. She said, teach you how to pray. It's just way too easy. Just bow your head and put your hands together and say, God bless this food before us and may it strengthen us this day. Amen. And he did that. But something was not right. So that same afternoon, he asked his father how to pray. And his father said, it's really easy, son. Next time you're near a church building, just go inside and and kneel down and say, thank you, God, for all the blessings of life. It's so easy. So the next time the little boy and his family were in the church house, he did that. Knelt down, prayed, Lord, thank you for everything. Amen. And something was still lacking. Must be something about prayer, something that all these people that he loved and trusted were failing to teach him. And that very night, his grandmother came to visit Usually, always, sometimes, a good time, isn't it, when Grandma comes? And after supper, when they were alone, the little boy climbed up to her lap and he said, Grandmother, will you teach me how to pray? I know all about kneeling down beside my bed, and I know all about saying a blessing over the food on the table, and I know all about going into the church house and kneeling down and thanking God for all my blessings, but something is missing, and I don't know if I have the right words to say. I wonder if I truly know how to pray. And Grandma smiled and said, I think you're ready to learn about the most important lesson of all about prayer. Listening to God. And the little boy said, what do you mean? It was one of these little boys like maybe has lived in in your house or my house or we see from time to time just one question after another, just like a machine gun almost sometimes just can't stop talking. What should I listen for? Does God talk back? How will I know when God speaks to me? How will I know? What does God say? And she finally had to shush him. Just, Just hush for a minute if you can and listen. Just listen. So the two of them, little boy and his grandma, just sat in the silence and they began to listen. George Washington Carver was a devout Christian. And he made it a point to have a quiet time. And he began all of his prayers with one word, a good word from the King James Version of the Bible. We don't use the word a lot anymore. It's still a great word. Behold, the theme of his meditation was always the same. Behold, what will God show me? And then he listened. It was his way of opening his mind to God's wonderful world and all the things around him. He waited in faith for God to reveal something new to him, something he didn't already know. He was, in a sense, letting go of his own worldview. 
That sounds so easy to say and it's so hard to do, isn't it? We get locked in. We have our view of the way things work in this world, the thing, way we think things should work. And sometimes it's hard just to turn it loose for a little bit. Listen to God. So Carver patiently and with trust waited. And one day, as he began his quiet time, he happened to be holding a sweet potato in his hand. And God said to him, Behold, what can you do with it? And today, if you visit the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, you can see samples of the 118 things that George Washington Carver did with the sweet potato. He saw this creation of God from a new perspective, and it began to unlock some of God's secrets. Listen. Listen, according to tradition, Samuel was about 12 years old when he was in the temple with the old priest Eli. Eli. You remember Samuel was the boy that was prayed for for so long, and when he was finally born, when he got to be a certain age, his mother took him to the temple, dedicated him to God, and left him in the temple for the old priest Eli to raise in the faith. I've used this story before during an infant baptism, and I have to remind folks Don't be too literal here. We don't want you bringing your children to the church and leaving them here. That's not the the plan. Bring them here as often as you can, but don't leave them for for me to raise. I, I love kids. I love my kids. I love your kids, but that's not what this passage is all about. But anyway, Samuel had been there for a long time since he's about three I think till he's about 12 and this night he kept hearing the voice kept hearing a voice calling he was lying down in his room near the ark of God and God called out Samuel Samuel and Samuel thinking that Eli was calling him the old man was calling him got up and ran into the room where Eli was and said here I am what do you like what do you need and Eli said I didn't call you go back to sleep and it happened again And then a third time. And after Samuel had come into Eli's room a third time, it clicked in Eli's brain that God was calling Samuel. And he said, go back, and if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that happened. It happened just that way. Samuel said, speak, Lord. And the Lord spoke to Samuel again. And the like this translation and the Lord had an ear tingling message for Samuel ear tingling you ever heard God speak in an ear tingling kind of way the ancient psalmist wrote be still and know that I am God if we can just be still for a little while listen carefully prayerfully God will speak it's difficult I know it's difficult for us as individuals as families, as a church family sometimes, to put all of our busyness on hold and just say we're going to set this aside for a moment and we're going to gather and listen for God. Be still and know. That's why our prayer times here are so important. It gives us opportunity to listen for that still, small voice of God. All that goes on here at noon and first, all the wonderful things that make up this church and what this church is all about could all be for naught if we don't spend time to listen to what God is saying to us through all of that and in the moments of silence and in the quiet times. It's in the quiet time that we see it receive strength and power for those times when things are busy and loud and sometimes chaotic. And heaven knows they can get that way in a hurry some days. 
I've heard it said that strangers to prayer are strangers to power. Perhaps the same person who made that remark also made this one. No Christian rises higher than his or her praying. I believe the same can be said of the church. No church, no body of believers rises higher than its commitment to prayer. And if Noonan First Church is going to take to the skies, if we're going to mount up with wings like eagles, then prayer must be the wind beneath those wings. And I think there are times when we feel like we're struggling and we're not sensing the wind and we're not allowing it to lift our wings. And it's tough without that. Phillips Brooks, I believe he was an Episcopal pastor, but you'll know him for one of his Christmas hymns that he wrote, A Little Town of Bethlehem. He once said, pray the largest prayers. You cannot pray a prayer so large that God, in answering it, will not wish that you had made it even larger. And then a line that has really stuck with me. He said, pray not for crutches, but for wings. And isn't that a magnificent thought? Think about it individually. Think about it as families. Think about it as the church family. Don't just pray to get by. For crutches, just so we can continue to make our way, even if we're stumbling and and not getting where we need to be. But praying for wings, not just what we need to get by, church for what we need to excel and to fly and and to be what God has called us to be. To pray for eagle's wings, to mount up to the sky. We can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint, praying always, not for crutches, but for wings. Constantly striving for excellence because the God who has called us into being loves us with an everlasting love and has called us to love this world. The same world that God loved so much, God gave an only son. Bow at this sacred place. Come before his presence with singing and with prayer. And in just a moment, we'll have a chance to come and kneel. And I hope you'll take advantage of that. Certainly your prayers are heard from where you are in the pew or wherever else you happen to be this day. But we had many folk come at 830 and I was, I was so pleased and so joyful. Come asking for God's guidance for yourself, for your family, for your church family. Come asking for healing and hope and courage and strength for ourselves and for others. Or just come and bow here for just a moment. Kneel here for just a moment and just listen. You don't have to say anything out loud or even in your mind. Just come and listen. And you may not hear anything at the moment, but perhaps later in the day. Come and wait. Come and be still. Come and know that God is God. Bow at this sacred place. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then listen. Listen.